I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 260 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about video games that starts with a weak clap and scorn from Kevin. <laughs> it just it just seems like your claps are getting worse. I, I'm, I'm concerned about your health. Yeah, I, that's that's reasonable. I'm getting older. Do you have the palsy? I might. Uh, that's not funny. Is it? I don't. I don't know. I. <laughs> do you, do don't you, look at me, man. If I knew what was funny, there wouldn't have just been four seconds of silence. At do the, you have hand spores? Is that like when those things that you look at pictures of on Reddit, where there's a bunch of holes in people's skin? Uh, uh, stop it! Stop it! What? Just just this, mentioning it triggers this is bad. Uh, Zach bad. definitely doesn't know what's funny. No, mm. uh, guys, I'm hungover, so you got to carry me. Okay, all, all right. the way to Los Angeles. All right. This is going to be a slightly abbreviated us. show anyway. You see those footsteps? <laughs> that's where you got that's, drunk. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> bottles littered along the side of the, the yeah. beach. Right. <laughs> what if Jesus didn't carry you, but Jesus went to deal with that island of plastic garbage? Okay. <laughs> Does Jesus have wings? He walks on water. He doesn't need wings. He might have water wings. That's... Not at all. That's not at all true. Yeah, what if he didn't walk on water? What if he just had, like, floaties yeah. on his arms? Or just, like, real wide <laughs> shoes. It was more like wading. Like boat shoes? Yeah. God, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> yep. I hate everything about us and everything that we do. Have you That's guys okay. done anything? I think we're great. Have you guys done anything uh, besides video games lately? Uh... Puzzled pint last night. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it was a d- democracy. It was uh, it was an election themed set. Yeah, not too hard puzzles. Uh, yeah. would have been a good intro puzzled pint if we had known ahead of time. Sure. Uh, also, if we had known ahead of time that there was going to be a baseball game, we would have picked a different venue. That's true. This is like that Guns N' Roses concert all over again. It's true. Are you We're sure it Guns was N' Roses a in the playoffs? Yeah. The, the stadium is always there, guys. There was, a, but it's usually empty. Okay. There was a sailor just passed out, sitting upright <laughs> at the bar. At the bar, it was incredible. Like it was like, like full white uniform. J- yeah, sailor. like it, it was like a scene in a movie where you you would expect him to suddenly just like break out in song and dance. Oh man, yeah. And then another sailor came like in Channing and Tatum. took him yep. away. Yeah. And then that other, the, the rescuing sailor came back to participate in Puzzled Pine. And I said, <laughs> like, is your buddy okay? And he said, no. <laughs> so, uh, but he was safe. I you, they, you didn't have any puzzles that required a corpse? They, mm, <laughs> some of them required a corpus. That's true. Okay. Uh, there were what do corpses. you call the brig? They threw him in the brig. Mm, That's okay. the jail on a boat, right? Yeah. What's where's so is where is that in relationship to the head? What part of the body is the brig? The rib cage. Okay. Mm. Um, and it's in the ribs of the ship. All right. Um, All I know about ships is the poop deck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't but know what it not, is, that's but that's not where the that's right. not where the head is. It's like how all I know about Star Wars is Kit Fisto because it's a funny name. Yeah, that's the literally the only thing you know about Star Wars. <laughs> right. That's cool. Which one was he? Was he one of the podcasters? I know. It's just podcaster. one of the podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on. That wasn't even mine. That was from that Neil Cesarega thing. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's right. still good. Yep. Oh, yeah. such a good video. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. 
<clears throat> still, still funny. I still listen to Mouth Sounds. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What an amazing album. I still watch that. I only listen to the Don't Need No Credit Card to Ride. Sure. This train. Sure. Track. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is good, but that's just the that's perfect. I get um, it. Yeah, I still watch that Star Wars thing pretty regularly. He is so young. It's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and he got internet famous really young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when 13. he was... Yeah, yeah his Lemon yeah. Demon stuff was ages ago. Yeah. He didn't... He stopped, He just didn't go to school and just fucked around on a computer all day long since he was, like, 10. Wow. It's kind of amazing. Huh. He just, like, didn't finish <clears throat> high school? Just stopped going to school. He was just, like, home school. I mean, he's, like, a smart kid, right? So, he, like, he can pass all the equivalency tests and... Hmm. Yeah, it's... Incredible. That makes me really wonder if he's like a Dan Reichert figure where like he's really, really smart and clever and does a lot of amazing things, but also has these really surprising oh, just gaps strange. in his experience. Yeah, yeah really weird yeah. opinions huh. all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I just I only ever heard his talk. I did not uh I did not like speak to him. So. Yeah. And there wasn't a part of his talk where he revealed that the only thing he has ever eaten is mashed potatoes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and Guinness, because he has to get all of his. It's gravy, right? No, no, no. It's Guinness and orange juice. What is it? it like 400 pints of Guinness and one glass of orange juice gives you all the nutrition you need for a day. <laughs> 400 pints. <laughs> Something like that. Somebody They figured this out. And then, but mashed potato, just potatoes. You can't live on just potatoes, right? Right. No, I'm Man thinking of bread. I'm thinking of bread alone. alone. Uh, <clears throat> bread alone would be a good name for a rich guy. <laughs> <laughs> for a housing development. <laughs> uh, there's something that you don't get if all you eat is potatoes. Variety. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's no vitamin C in potatoes. There's no vitamin T unless you pour tequila in. Squeeze some potatoes. lime juice on the baked potato and you're golden. Yeah, that sounds pretty tasty too. Yeah. Or just have a baked lime. <laughs> or that. Do people not, I guess people bake apples. Do people not bake citrus fruits? They're, they bake pies. Yeah, citrus is But you never, there's actually like an orange pie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Citrus pies tend to just use the juice and make a meringue. Or yeah, yeah, make a meringue or, or, a, or a key lime fluid. You know, I've never heard of like an orange meringue before. Hmm. Or like, I guess not a meringue, but whatever the the lemon is in a lemon pie. I mean, so like a lemon. Wait, is there a lemon pie? There's like, is it is like a lemon, key lime pie? Lemon curd. Lemon, yeah, usually, like, yeah, yeah orange curd. Up. I feel like I've heard the words orange curd. Huh. Fresh curds. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. Whey and curds. Curd Wayans is the youngest <laughs> Wayans brother. Yeah, the <laughs> least accomplished of the Wayan brothers. Yeah, well, <laughs> they named him Curd. What did they expect? <laughs> Uh, I want to listen to a, a video games podcast by people who know as little <laughs> as little as we do about video games as we do about the random Everything food else. topics and such we talk about. <laughs> Just like, has there ever been a video game with oranges in it? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't think other podcasts follow the same sort of structure where we try to talk about things that aren't video games <laughs> and then talk about video games, but they talk about whatever their podcast is about and then video games which what? they know nothing about <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so 
I'm just going to tell this story. I'm not sure if I'm working towards a punchline or anything. Okay. Um, so I woke up a few days ago at like 5 a.m. and like gradually realized over the course of like 45 seconds that April was panicking and r- panicking and running downstairs and there was like a kind of a, a weird animal sound happening in the front yard. And April had said, like, 45 seconds prior, like, this is how my memory works, that that's my cat. And then she came back upstairs because she realized she had to put on pants. And we went outside. And what had happened was a, a someone walking a dog. The dog had attacked a deer in the front yard. Okay. And the sound, the like, the weird, like, half meow, cry for help sound was a deer in distress. Oh, weird. Okay. And as we approached the deer, it ran off into the neighbor's yard, and we couldn't follow it. Was it hurt? Yeah, it was bleeding. There were they left blood on the grass. But well, you couldn't follow it because that would be trespassing, or you couldn't follow it because the neighbor's yard is a fortified compound. <laughs> uh, the the former. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's the whole story. I've seen deer in like suburban neighborhoods, and they seem very distressed to be there, like. They don't know where to go or what to do, and they're just running down the middle of the street. Yeah, like almost nothing in those neighborhoods is a tree. Right. Or another deer. Right. But a lot of things are headlights. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a car once uh, that hit a deer, but kind of just like the deer and the car were moving in approximately the same direction Hmm. when the deer kind of just sidled into us at Hmm. velocity. And so it like got kind of knocked down. And was like laying in the street. And then as we got out of the car, which was probably a mistake uh, to see if it was okay, it just got up and ran away and mm-hmm. seemed fine. Um, I think collisions would be a lot uh, less damaging to cars and deer if they just would go the same direction on the road. Yeah, if yeah. they followed yeah. the lanes. Yeah. 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 yeah, like deer lane. Yeah, yeah why, why do they always put deer crossings? That's You're just guaranteed to get T-boned. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. They should have deer culverts where they can go in through a pipe under the road. Mm. Ooh. They have they have like a into a secret room bridges. with a bunch of coins. <laughs> <clears throat> they I mean these are actual things where they like oh, they deer make bridges? like natural overpasses that are just like land and yeah. trees and stuff for Does animals it do to like use. they realize that they're supposed to do that because I don't like, know. animals don't really know about cars as far as I can tell. Well, that's why they put the signs up. Right. Do, do you think that they put signs in deer language that say car crossing? Oh. Hmm. Deer language just leaves and trees and grass and stuff. Yeah. So We would never know. It yeah. would just look like trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there's this whole civilization. Maybe the deer that was attacked on your yard was actually like, a, the, f- like the first prong of some weird spy conspiracy yeah. against you. What's the, the part of the deer? Part, try to range our parks, will you? What's the name of the proposed, like, is it like the shadow ecology, the... Uh... All the bacteria that we're unaware of because we don't know how to look for them. Is that mm. what is that what dark matter is in the universe? Uh, it's like that, but dark biology. Okay, <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah, what if your subconscious is actually just a guy, and he's <laughs> mad because he can't make your mouth do anything? <laughs> that would not surprise me at all. Yeah, and so you having a panic attack is just that guy flipping out. He's just he's just mad, just screaming. That's yeah. my cat. Yeah, stop eating that. How is it that I know you're allergic to this and you don't? Yeah, well, that's that's kind of sucks that uh, 
April has a cat that sounds like a wounded deer. <laughs> that must get really annoying. Uh, the other thing that sounds like a cat is the uh, the soda stream. Um, the when you push the button to make the the carbonation fill the bottle oh, of water with carbonation. You mean when you push the button to make the hilarious farting noise. Yeah, well, it the, the farting noise comes at the end. Before that, it's kind of a whoosh whoosh sound. And I've like from from across the house. Uh, two different people have said it sounds like a bird and it sounds like cats fighting huh. hmm. Okay, as muffled through the walls. So like, do you remember, what were you going to say Riff? Do you remember Zach when we were in England <clears throat> and at night one the one time suddenly heard the sound of a baby being torn in half <laughs> and it turned out to be a fox? I don't remember that. You don't. Rem- oh man, it was it was a distinctive noise that very much sounded like a baby just being destroyed. And I I asked somebody local like the next day what the hell that was, and it's like, oh, that's a fox. That's what foxes sound like when they're destroying a baby. Yeah, I wow. guess. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about video games? Okay. Did you have any stories, Kevin? No. Did you have any stories, Riff? Uh, I mean, I played a. Uh, I don't. I, I'm still. I'm not clear on whether a board game report counts in the in the not video game section or if it's because it is a game. Uh, I, it's a good bridge. I'm gonna go ahead and vote for video game section. Yeah, but we can put it at the beginning. Okay. So I I uh, I played a. Uh, I don't know what to call it. A chapter. A section. A, a session of the uh, uh, Mythos Tales game that I mentioned last week. No, and I don't think because, uh, like, I I I, uh, I mentioned it in relation to uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, but I don't think I explained what that is for for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so it's basically a super elaborate choose your own adventure. You you start out with. Uh, a description of whatever the the case is that you're on in this chapter or whatever, and uh, you get a uh, uh, so you know you read out the 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 sort of uh, what do I want to say the fiction I guess of like in in the Sherlock Holmes one you see the fiction of like some somebody comes to Baker Street and is telling Holmes about their problem and. And Holmes says, all right, well, I can't be bothered. Why don't you go take this? And uh, you also get, like, a newspaper broadsheet pertaining to that day's events, which will generally have an article about the case in question and some other articles that may or may not have any relation to it and personal ads and clues and red herrings and things like that. And some articles that may be associated with other... With later cases, yeah. Exactly. Other later yeah. cases, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and you get a map of the city with every building and important location has a serial number on it. And also a book, like a sort of in the style of a telephone directory with lists of all different people and businesses that have uh, similar code numbers. And basically, you, I mean, you're starting out. Like maybe you want to go talk to the police first, or maybe you want to go. Uh, interview the victim at the hospital so you look up what the code number for the police station or the hospital is and you turn to that paragraph in the big book of paragraphs and you get that that bit of dialogue and maybe that 
suggests a clue of somebody else that you should find or, and talk a, a, talk to or an address or something like that. And so you go from section to section, gathering the clues and information, taking notes. And then when you think you know everything there is to know about the case, or if you uh, run out of time because there's a time limit of you can you can only check so many sections before uh, before you're out of time. Then you flip to the back of the case, and there's a list of 10 to 12 questions, which you then have to try and answer as best as you can, only looking at your notes. Uh, you, can't, you can't refer back to the newspaper or anything at that point. And it gives you points based on the importance of each question for, uh, for each question you know the answer to. And then you get minus points based on how many sections it took you uh, before you got to the end, which is like par, basically, and par being how many how many uh, locations Holmes would have had to go to to solve it, and and all that's describing both games, right? Yeah, pretty much because Mythos Tales is exactly the same, except it's H.P. Lovecraft instead of Sherlock Holmes, and instead of comparing yourself to Sherlock Holmes, you're comparing yourself to uh, Professor Armitage from Miskatonic University. Uh, and there's there's a couple of other interesting little differences. Um, there's also sanity, because since you're doing, like, Cthulhu mythos cases, there are locations that you don't want to go to because there's a monster there. So if you if you go there, you get, you know, the horrifying description and you run away. And then at the end, when you're tallying your score, you get negative points for having lost sanity. And it also has a set of... Uh, of just numbered cards they're they're very plain looking they're just they're like playing cards but they just have a number on them and those represent information or objects you might have acquired like you might find the key to a place or the password to a thing and then when you're in the relevant uh, section in the book it'll say do you have card number four if so go to such and such section and so that's that's an interesting addition that that uh, consulting detective didn't have, but yeah, it's this um, cool. This is going to come up uh, again in this episode, I think. But do you do you know if a there there has ever been a computerized version of the Sherlock Holmes game? I don't know if there's a computerized version. I know the paper version has been reprinted re- relatively recently. A- and b. If you were playing this by yourself, do you think that doing it on a computer would be better or worse? Hmm, I don't know. I keep the I keep my notes with the Apple Pencil on my iPad, so it's not very different from just writing on paper. For me, reading on a computer and reading paper feel very different. Yeah. Just because I do them in such different contexts. So I would imagine one would be better than the other, but I'm not sure which. Like having having the map there as a separate object and flipping the pages of the directory and, and having like the broadsheet-sized newspaper all lends a sort of tactile quality to it I, that, yeah, the that I like. Yeah, I don't know how important it is, but it's cool. But looking up the, – the thing that I'm thinking of, though, is like looking up a section, looking up a numbered paragraph in a huge tome uh-huh. just feels like the kind of – like that's what a computer is for. Hmm. Yeah, that that one thing 
is the opposite of feelies. That's yeah, that's an awkward thing. That is, that and uh, and also you be run the at. risk of accidentally seeing information as you're flipping to that paragraph. Yeah. So you play this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what's different when you play it multiplayer? Uh, not really anything. In multiplayer, um, you go around turns for de- who decides what section you're going to go to next. Um, oh really? When I when I played, we just sort of well the, argued it out. The idea is, or at least the the way it's presented here, is that you would uh, you would discuss where you should go next, but whoever's turn it is gets the final choice. Mm. So like if somebody if they disagree, they also offer uh, the uh, alternate option, although they don't really recommend it. But they say if you want, you can play this way of having everybody answer the questions at the end privately on on a sheet of paper and then everybody gets yeah so everybody gets like a competitive score hmm but i've played the sherlock holmes game once and we did like the introductory case and we did a terrible job it was very very difficult yeah how many people did you have seven or eight probably okay i do remember yeah i've played the i've played the first sherlock holmes case fairly recently and yeah that holmes beat the pants off me i did a lot better on this one i don't know if that's because uh because i because it because the case was dumber or because it was scored easier or what or you're just more familiar with uh the the idea of the mythos and the the horrible things that could happen within it right yeah (laughs) that might be Played anything else? Um, oh, I played. Um, I played the first couple of uh, puzzles in uh, Shenzhen IO. Oh. oh, you got the you got the feelies version. Yeah, of it, I got the you? the elaborate binder version. Super good. Very. Cool. What, what I heard was that the um, Shenzhen IO, the feelies version, doesn't actually come with any media. You just get a a folder, basically. And you have to find the Steam code in that folder. No. <laughs> so it, it's com- like, am I right? No, it's uh, I got an email with a key from Humble Bundle. <laughs> so okay, I haven't uh, I haven't seen a Steam key hidden anywhere in here. Are we going to try to do that as an assignment, or should we try to do like TIS one hundred as an assignment at some point? Uh, I don't really want Shenzhen, to play either of them. Shenzhen is more accessible. Oh, is it? Yeah. Maybe that, I do then. That's interesting. Like, I wouldn't expect that just looking at it. I looked at it and I thought, wow, so this is just like a much harder version of TIS-100. And, <coughs> it uses uh, the same sort of code as uh, as TIS does, but it's... Um, I don't know. It, the, it eases you into it a lot easier, I think. The Like, the introductory puzzles are... Are more fathomable, are, yeah, are reasonable in a way that they they uh, that they just dump you right into it in TIS, and also the the presentation and sort of the the story that it's giving you in Shenzhen is is more colorful and fun. Do you still have to have a manual? Uh, you, you well, you definitely need to get the, the when you open Shenzhen, it offers you the PDF. And so you, at minimum, you need that, like either, either not necessarily printed out, but you're at least going to want it on a second monitor or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd definitely be interested in doing that as an assignment. Cool. Yep. Well, in that case, I will, I will save talking about it for the future then. 
That's, and then World of Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft. The uh, they're doing the uh, time walking dungeons this week, which is pretty cool. Have you, what does that mean? It is they. Uh, it's a they did a dungeon finder for uh, this week. It's Burning Crusade dungeons, and it just levels all your gear down to Burning Crusade stat levels, and you go in and do like I don't know. Uh, I don't. Can't think of the name of one of them. Slave pens. Slave pens, sure. Yeah, you go in and do slave pens with four other guys. Alkin down. Uh, mm, Zangar's man- revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't drink they, the water in Zangar Marsh. You can. They don't let de-level your character. They just level your gear down. Yeah, like all your. your uh, I mean, I guess the character. Raw doesn't really have any stats anymore. It's all the gear, but yeah. You, well, but you, you have get, you get kicked down. You have a level. Yeah, you get. Yeah, you got. Well, and you got skills. Level just determines that doesn't your change skills. As, yeah, your skills. That doesn't change as much as you'd think yeah. anymore. You, you still keep all your skills and everything. You're not. It's not changing okay. your. It's not changing your buttons or what icons you're clicking or any any of that. Do, it's all numbers. Did the classes get any new skills in this expansion? Um. They've been shuffled around and altered. It's not like a unilateral, like, it's not all different, but there there have been some changes. Well, right, no, but, but I'm saying, like as, you level, as you level from 100 to 110, do you get any <clears throat> new skills? Uh, I think they're traits now. Are traits, like, passives? Yeah. They're, like, passives. Like you, you get, like, at every, I think every second level uh, between... 100 and 110, you get a new tier of this chart of uh, five tiers, and each tier is, you get to pick one of three things that you have active. And wow, the... Oh, so like the talent talents, thing? Talents, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Wow, I, it has never notified me that I had that decision to make. Hmm. Like, I've gone, I'm at like 107 now, and I had no idea that I was gaining new. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some, those are sometimes new activatable abilities. Um, yeah. The way that talents work is really weird now. It's not the sort of tree that you put points into the way that it used to be. It's just every like five levels or every 10 levels or something, you get a choice of one of three. Yeah. And like, you can... often, often passives, sometimes like boosts to existing skills or, or changes being able to, to existing use, skills. Being able to use a skill from a different, uh, 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 from a different, uh, spec. spec that you wouldn't ordinarily be have access to. Yeah. Things like that. Uh huh. That's cool. So when I played World of Warcraft in like 2005, I had a, a screen covered in toolbars. <laughs> and when you asked if they added more skills, I feel like, what they need to do is remove skills. They absolutely have. Yeah. yeah. Like you have, you have very, very few skills now. I think that, okay. that like if all you're doing is putting all of your class skills in a hot bar, you could probably do that without having any add-ons for additional hot bars. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I just remember like having a, uh, in like a lot of them were just remember to buff yourself and your party members like, which is not interesting gameplay. It should have been like, uh, you get it automatically and your party members get it like, as an aura effect or something. Um, a lot of it is just like, Hey, are you awake? Do you remember to do this every half hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that are like, remember to do this every four minutes are the ones that are like, 
Yeah, just this like it, like short term DPS spike. Yeah, things which I mean, it's nice to, you know, it's fun to do it when you remember to do it, but it's not fun to have to remember to do it. Yeah, but I don't know. You don't want every fight to be exactly the same. I don't think right. The you know classes used to get all these crazy situational spells that you'd probably never use for anything. Yeah, like shamans don't have very many totems anymore wow really yeah it's weird i the only ones that i've used in this expansion are there's one talent that you can pick that just slams down four totems and some of their other things that didn't used to be totems are totems now but they're targeted so they're basically just like earth instead of earthquake you put down an earthquake totem but it's targeted exactly like earthquake Uh, what does earthquake do uh it's area of effect damage over time an AOE DOT, if you will. <laughs> but some, but it has a thing that can be destroyed to stop that from happening. I don't know. Okay. I feel like totems are immune from damage now, maybe. Okay. But, yeah, I have no idea. I remember when, uh, when I was playing WoW that there was, there were people who would multi-box five shamans in PvP and they just would have hotkeys that would just drop every possible totem. <laughs> and, and they would just, like, they would just all focus fire on a single enemy with some sort of, like, crit lightning bolt thing. And they, like, would immediately, at, at the very beginning of the game, just kill outright one of the other players. And then it was five versus four. And then it was a lot easier for them to just destroy the other team. And it was just one person controlling, one five, person controlling five characters accounts. that were all in the same <clears throat> spot. Yep. That's really funny. It's pretty good. Yeah. I bet that was real fun to set up. I bet it was real fun to learn how to do that. Yep. But then it would get really boring to actually do it. I I mean, some people really like winning. Yeah. (laughs) Like having a strategy where you just get to like destroy regular teams is probably, probably carries you a long way. So. Glad I never got serious about PVP in WoW because I didn't throw my keyboard across the room like you did. You played anything, Kevin? Uh, I did. Um, I played a game called Mallow Drops. Mm. Uh, it is not out yet. Uh, it's in like a beta testing phase. Um, and it is fun. It's like a puzzle game. There's probably a name for this genre that I do not um, remember or know. Um, but it's those games where you pick a direction and your, your little character moves until it hits a wall. And like the, the sort of most basic form of it is you're trying to just trying to get from one point to another. So like, um, right. Like on the ice, like a pudding monsters, like a, like a, uh, ice level of adventure of Lolo. Sure. So like, like that is, that is clearly a thing that people have made a bunch of games in that style. This is, this is one that, that has that mechanic, uh, plus, um, a notion of gravity. Um, you are only rarely affected by gravity because you're you usually are attached to whatever surface you're um, you have like moved to. Um, but you can rotate the world around, and there are blocks that can slide, usually just on one axis, but sometimes uh, freely. Uh, and then there are occasionally enemies that move around the map in predictable ways. Uh, and it's just it's like it's got a nice level of sort of increasing mechanics and uh, challenge. I got through, like I think, the first 25 levels. I'm thinking, I think there might be 100 or so. 
but it's pretty satisfying. And I feel like, uh, I feel like it could use a little bit of polish, but it's, it's like in really good shape. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing more of it, um, later. So who made it? Uh, I'm going to, I'm forgetting his name, John something, John Cage, John Candy. Uh, I have to look it up. He's given us mallow drops from beyond the grave. Yes. Um, and then I played a fair bit of Hearthstone. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed both of the both last week's and this week's um, arena brawls, tavern brawls. Tavern brawls. Yeah. Because uh, so last week's was sort of a variant on the game that they sort of a game mode that they had in this. Um, I don't know expansion. What do, what do you call the? Yeah, expansion single player expansion that they had which was like a chess game using the hearthstone card sort of basis so you'd have pieces that uh you can't directly control they just attack whatever is in front of them but if you, if it is in front of two cards it will hit both of them um and you have your hero power is to shift a piece one move to the left hmm. so it's a lot of just like limited <clears throat> you have a limited number of pieces yeah and positioning is really important in a way that it's not in the normal game which just makes it kind of a separate mini game oh, it's totally a totally different game than regular hearthstone uh, but it's it's very strategic and and very and kind of neat um you, it's not purely skill based it's not like because that would require like both players having all the same cards at the beginning you still have a deck of cards you still uh, there's a randomness of like what cards you have available, what pieces you can play at any given time. Um, but it's not too, there's like not a lot of randomness. So it's, it's a lot of, of skill-based, very sort of like thinking very carefully about what's going on. And then uh, the Tavern Brawl for this week uh, is kind of neat. It is, you pick one card and you get 22 copies of that and then eight other random class cards for that class. Uh and it's just fun to see what people do. I, like, I really like these sort of like you get one, two, or three cards to choose, and then people just try to figure out really clever yeah. situations. I, I don't like it when the <clears throat> meta crystallizes for that, which it very often does. And In so everyone day. is just using the same completely unbeatable deck until until somebody figures out a hard counter for it, and then everyone's using that until somebody figures out a hard yeah. counter for it. It's I, I like but it's it's fun to like think of something that yeah. you haven't that no that you haven't seen anybody else use. Yeah. Like oh, I've, this is kind of clever. And yeah, like, I, I only played it once, like right before the show. But I just I picked the mage, the one one creature for one mana that puts a random spell in your hand. The babbling book. Yeah, and so I just constantly had an answer. the The other guy was also a mage and had picked the thing that makes your hero power do one extra damage. Oh, neat. Yeah, so that's he, so cool. He hardly ever got it off though because i just had so many cards in my hand oh, i was like he has to have all of those he has to have out. a bunch of them out right. for it to work right yeah it's not a permanent it's not a permanent upgrade. and and i just kept getting like i just kept getting like things that would just wipe the board because those things don't have a lot of health right um it, it was real attrition like it also took me forever to do damage to him um but yeah it's i really enjoy when they do like genuinely weird things with yeah. the format um my first deck was the was the druid spell that's just uh cast all your mana and you get a, an in slash in monster oh neat yeah, nice. uh, and that that's kind of cool uh i, I did the, the latest one that i did was the priest spell where you 
heal for th- you heal three points of damage and if you're the, the target is still damaged it summons a light warden which is a creature that's a one two creature that anytime anything gets healed it gains plus two attack mm. so if you let them hit you for a bit and then you like suddenly cast like six of those guys you're you, like you're healed all the way back up and you have a huge six, board yeah, you have yeah a huge board which is potentially cool um <clears throat> Somebody in the in the uh, duck feed Slack talked about doing the shaman card. That's like one mana that randomly turns all of your minions into a minion for the for one more mm. casting cost. And so just putting out totems and just like turning them into insane random things. Uh, somebody did uh, the Prince Melchizar card. Is there one card? Which is the one that gives you five Yeah, at extra... the beginning of the game, it puts five extra legendary monsters into your deck. So, so they had a deck of 60 cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and they were they were a warlock. And I think one of the cards they chose, uh, like one of the cards that they happened to get was the uh, replace your deck with legendaries. They're decking your hand with legendaries. And so mm. they just... And also uh, cards of another class or whatever, and everything costs one less. So it was just like... Is 60 just a hard cap I think 60 is a hard cap because it would have been way more. It would have been, been over yeah, 100. Been hundreds. Yeah. <clears throat> huh. Yeah, it was just... It was like, huh, that's that's a funny, clever idea. Like, you know, I, I don't know that I would have ever thought of that. And I wouldn't have thought that it would have stacked like that. But why not? Right? Like, yeah. Neat. It only animates once, which is good yeah yeah. <laughs> um yeah i don't know so like hearthstone continues to be cool agreed jim do you agree uh i never played it what have you played so uh resident evil the the second remake of resident evil one just came out on playstation plus so you like that like so they made it they remade it and yeah. now they have re-remade it yeah the okay. first one was in 1996 i think okay um which is actually like I actually want to kind of speak to this. Like it, it was one of the like I, I see this as like one of three approaches to making games in 3D that they were trying to figure out at the time of Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, and Mario 64, which all came out in 1996, and they all took a very different approach to them. Okay, um, and I think that that's something that somebody should like do a, to study and do a, like an analysis of and come up with like. I don't know. I, I, I have my preference. Um, but Resident Evil, uh, they remade it in like, uh, 2003 maybe for the GameCube. Okay. Um, and then they apparently have remade it again for modern consoles this year. Um, so when, when they remake it, do they change it fundamentally? Is it just sort of like an HD remake? Is it? Like I, I the, get the impression that they changed a lot for the GameCube one, but not yeah, a lot for the, this the one. The first remake was, was a full on, remake it was just this it was, it was the same story but totally different engine and it, I, okay. I i i don't know anything about the new one is 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 the new one just like, like they an rewrote up, an up res or i i think it's i think it's mostly an up res they rewrote dialogue for the second one they rewrote and re-recorded like mm-hmm. new uh lines um and they may have even like rejiggered some of the level design i'm not sure i've never played any of the resident evil games uh, so i don't know anything about it. is this the one with the triangle head guy no, uh no silent that's hill. that's silent hill silent hill. Okay. yeah silent if you're gonna play a resident evil evil game you should play silent hill 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty good About right. uh so is resident evil like what why is it called resident evil um 
in Japan it was called biohazard because the zombies are uh, biological. Okay. Like the is is Resident Evil the one with the Umbrella Corporation? Yeah. Okay. Like and Raccoon City. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the one with the Mia Jovovich movie they made. So yeah, there was uh, there was yes. a movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There were a bu- there are a bunch of movies and they're all really successful. Okay. Yeah. Did they all have Mia Jovovich in them? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I think this game is terrible. Okay. Um, maybe it was good in 1996. Is, but is this the one that had the tank controls for moving around? Yeah. And that was the first, the first thing I noticed when I started playing this game, um, after the opening cutscene ended, which was, you know, it was fine. It was a zombie movie kind of a thing. Um, is that if you use the left stick of the PS4 controller, you move around like in kind of a natural way, like forward means away from the camera. Back means towards the camera, etc. Um, and they even managed to make that basically translate when, even when the camera cuts to like almost the opposing shot, they, they wait until you change the direction you're pushing to reinterpret that as a new direction. Um, which is a common thing to do when there are camera changes in 3D games like that. Uh, and if you use the D-pad, you get the tank controls. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and what and does that mean, the tank controls? Meaning like, you push left on the D-pad to rotate the character left to to that character's left. Okay. And you push right to rotate to the character's oh, right. Oh, that is not how I ever interpreted that. I always assumed that tank controls meant like battle zone style controls where you had two sticks that could only be forward and backward. Oh, like yeah. and so like controls. Oh, is that how you is that how you move in Katamari? Yeah. It, well, you you it works that way, but also you can move like both sticks to the right to just move the character like strafe right oh, yeah, in, in Katamari. So it's a little more complicated yeah, than that, you, but because what Katamari is like, you flip them to, if, to rotate, you do like but, up front and back. Yeah, there's an arcade game called Assault <clears throat> that works like that. You're controlling a tank, but you can also like just have the tank like kind of flip over. Yeah, if you move both sticks to the right. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. So that's then that's what people mean when they say tank controls in Resident Evil. So like, gr- did Grim, Grim Fandango, Fandango yes. has tank controls? Yes. Okay, like I, yeah. I've never heard that described as a game with tank controls, which is why I why I was confused by that. That's yeah. interesting. And also, I believe the, does that the mean Walking that you're Dead in, like interpret yourself as having treads? You know, Resident Evil games that so I, I want to get to you what you just said in a minute, but um. The creator of Resident Evil has given it, talked in interviews about how, um, the controls, the bad controls in Resident Evil were on purpose and they are crucial to the game being scary because as you're being chased by the zombie, you're fumbling around with this character you barely have control over Hmm. in kind of a dreamlike way. Um, but, but the character in the game, this doesn't match like they, they're supposed to be this hyper competent, like special ops person. Um, I think they could fix the Resident Evil formula, which is not the one they're using now, but the one they used for the first three or four games by putting the protagonist in a wheelchair. Hmm. Oh, huh. Like, then they would have that same, like, fumbling, not... Limited not, mobility. Like, yeah. and also, like, can't get through a space unless it's big enough for a refrigerator. Right. Kind of a thing. And you could do the, uh, the, the other kind of tank controls. Right. Oh, yeah, because that's sort of how, how you, you do, do control a wheelchair, a wheelchair yeah, right? Yeah. You have two things that can only move forward and back. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah. Hmm. Someone should hire me to make <laughs> games. I know. 
Uh, Zach, so I wanted to respond to what you said, but now I forget what you said. Oh, that the I I remember the Telltale Walking Dead <laughs> game is also controlling that way. I remember that being a point and click, like point, click and move. Huh. Maybe it's both. Maybe. Yeah. I could have sworn it was WASD. Because aren't the aren't the QTEs mapped to WASD? Oh, jeez. I only played it on iPad. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. What What was the moving around like on iPad? Uh, tap to move. I think I don't really remember. Yeah, it, it it. I wouldn't surprise me at all if they did both, and then you still use the keyboard for the QTEs. Hmm. I feel like I will always choose to have direct control over a character rather than use click to move. I agree. If I'm given both. I agree. Options. Have we already talked about how dumb it is that MOBAs don't have direct control of your character? No. It's just dumb. It's, it's, it's a lot seem, of clicking. seems but like you, a pretty obvious thing to do. Well, but you, I mean, especially given like how important like a player positioning is in that game. I mean, they're still RTSs, right? And there aren't any RTSs that give you direct control over. Well, there, it was based on an RTS engine, but like you it's only not, have. The, it doesn't have to be like that anymore. But it you, have, is, you only have the one right, unit. Like the genre. So, so a listener, listeners, write in and tell me why I'm dumb. Tell me why I'm the one that's dumb and not MOBAs because I want to know. It's built into the like DNA of how they play. Like I'm not arguing that you're. Uh, well, wrong. I think it's just culture. I think it's just what people yeah, are used to. Yeah, but it's like but that's it. Millions of people. right, like that's like yeah. I, I think no, I agree true. with you that it would be better, but you can't change it. Like it's. I wonder if like if you added support, like so you could do both. If one strat, one one control scheme would be obviously dominant over the other. Mm. So like so the advent of it. mouse look. Right. Let's think about it a little differently. Like if you played. Team Fortress or Overwatch, but from a much higher camera POV, mm. right? Like that's kind of what you're suggesting, right? Like if you add yeah. some creeps in, yeah, yeah. Well, but but you you have games like uh, uh, the Lara Croft uh, isometric, um, what do Lara you call Croft it? Guardian of Guardian of Guardian no. of Light? Oh no, which is like a Lara sort Croft of a Diablo Gold. plus puzzles thing. Huh? Never even heard of that. It's co-op. It's really good. Hmm. Uh, twin stick shooter controls. What vintage is it? 2009. Huh. Maybe. There was another one. There was a sequel too, more recent, but they were both last I, gen. I feel like a lot of what you're doing in MOBAs is also like moving your view around really oh, willy nilly and like potentially clicking on things that are, you know, you move by clicking on the map sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you move by clicking on the screen where your character is not visible. Yeah, in that case, like if if it's really important to look around, that's something you want to do with a mouse, probably. And in that case, to in order to make a a, a MOBA that is based around gamepad controls, you would probably have to rebuild it from the ground up. Wonder how MOBAs. I know that there have been a lot of people who have tried to make <coughs> MOBAs for mobile devices and consoles too. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. definitely there's one that. I can't think of the name of, but I see ads for it still. Like World of Tanks or something? Is that a MOBA? No. A... World of Tanks is just a big deathmatch, like Battlefield style oh. thing. Um, also, I don't know if there's a mobile version of World of Tanks. I thought it was I thought it was on mobile. I think of that as being like a crunchy-ass 
PC ass PC game, but maybe not. Um, and I played a uh, PewDiePie's Tuber Simulator. Oh shit! How is that? Uh, you know, it's it's keeping my attention. It's it's one of the like I want to say it's a clicker, but I think it's actually more like the kind of casual game that plays like a clicker, and that you come back to it every few hours and tap a few times and then leave. What's it on? Uh, it's on. I believe it's on Android and iOS. Hmm. Um, PewDiePie made a game. Uh, this is actually his second game with his name on it, I think. Uh, and the first one was a platformer, um, that you paid for. And this is a free game, which is probably doing much better for him. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's like the number one game. Okay. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And it's, it's all right. It's got like this weird, like friend feature where you can type in any string and they're on your friends list. And you can look at their room. So, like, I have the letters A through E on my friends list, and I tap at them and see how they're doing in the game because there are, like, quests the game gives you to look at five rooms. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. I should talk about, like, structurally what's happening yeah. is your resources are subscribers and views. Okay. You, uh... Okay, I tube like potatoes. I assumed that yeah, that it this was like a play on I am bread or goat no. simulator where you were a potato. Okay, so yeah, I should I really should have started with okay. that. It's it's you are a a streamer. Okay. Yeah, you're you're a YouTube personality. So like a like one of those things hanging from the ceiling at a kid's birthday party. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have a couple of slots for videos that you are working on. You choose the video you want to make and you follow today's today's like popular themes you try to match those because it gives you a view bonus and then over the next half hour or whatever you get views on your video and then you have to go back and create a new one um and the subscribers are basically i don't think they actually affect your views but they are there to unlock um the uh, like items in a tech tree um and you use your views you spend them which is weird hmm. on new like decoration for your room that you're streaming from. Um, and that stuff levels up your like ability to make, like you make, like if you buy a pet, you can, you make better pet themed videos and that um, stacks with like, if the pet theme is one of the trending uh, topics of today. So, all this is like, I feel like I've spent way too much time on like describing this game's systems because they're not really very interesting. Okay. But, um, it's definitely like, I'll decorate a room, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, I like doing that. And it gives you lots of, th lots of things to put in the room. It's got an interesting, like, uh, like it, I, I, I feel weird saying this is interesting, but it really kind of is like some things are surfaces and you can put things on the surfaces. And so you can get like this mattress frame and then a shitty mattress. And then you can put things on the mattress and then you can put like, if you put a pillow on the mattress, you can put a cat on the pillow. And so like, there's a lot of possible stuff you can do with the room de decoration system. Are they, right? Is it size based? Can you, like you couldn't put, uh, the, yeah, you think, couldn't put the mattress on the pillow. Right. They okay, have, so it's, this they is to be basically a complicated the, Towers of Hanoi game. Uh, well, except Towers of Hanoi has a goal. Okay. But yes. All right. And no cat. <laughs> <laughs> what, what version of Towers of Hanoi do you play? Just the text-based one in Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. <laughs> God. 
Um, I played like 10 minutes of Thumper just so that I would have anything to talk about. I guess I also did play uh, some, I, I tried uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided and mostly what happened is there were like just interminable cutscenes. Yeah, and that was, I, I, I did that, had that exact same experience. And then I got, that's why I didn't talk about it. I was then like, okay, now you need to go to the doctor and get your UI fixed. Uh, <laughs> and I just, in trying to figure out how to get to the doctor's office, I accidentally went through some deadly sewer and just ended up barely alive and then started what I think is some quest for a crazy guy and instead of clicking the door to go into wherever the crazy guy's quest was I just quit <laughs> uh, was the quest to quit the game it might have been I mean it might have been like the quest you reward know. is the rest of your life yeah <laughs> just the, hey you know what <laughs> take the afternoon off <laughs> so you're not you're not as into these deus ex games as i am i guess i mean i would i would really really like for something to to give me the feeling of playing a new elder scrolls game or even a new like original deus ex right like or system shock 2 or or whatever right but this feels the the cutscene like i just i just after hearing tom talk about how much of it there was i'm just like you know what i'm i don't give a fuck about the story of this game like i like i don't know why i pretend that it is important to me to watch cutscenes to understand what's going on because what's going on is i'm going to hack some computers and i'm going to get some money and get some upgrades and shit and jump on some things and go into some vents or whatever and it's fine that'll be the story Anyway, so I'm not going to sit here and watch like a bad movie. So I skipped all of those. But I couldn't then, skip the cutscenes. How do you do that? I just uh, looked. So away. I feel like there's this very particular sort of seizure that I have when I'm trying to figure out how to get past like a title card yeah. on a video game or whatever that just involves like my hand kind of darting around to different keys and yeah. rocking back and forth between the left and right mouse buttons yeah. and the space bar and stuff and that eventually opened a menu which had skip on it as an option <laughs> I didn't have that I and have. a lot of the stuff the, I think the one where you're walking around non-interactively in engine is not a thing you can skip yeah no no I was like this there was this like Marine sergeant yelling at me about what my mission was. And I was just, I don't want to listen to you, buddy. Yep. And, uh, but so then when it did let me into the game, it was like, okay, well, I want to get this annoying UI shit dealt with. But then when it like, okay, so I guess that's just going to be hard because it's like you go to where the doctor's office is and there's just a guy saying, you can't go in here. Like, uh, okay. So then I look next to him and there's Remember like, you hold B to kill him. There's, <laughs> there's a, a ladder leading up to like a billboard next to okay. him that I'm like, Oh, okay. So that from there I can jump over to this balcony, which I can then like pick the locks on or, you know, unlock the whatever. I don't remember if there's lock picking in this game that just <laughs> took me into an apartment, uh -huh. which didn't, as far as I could tell, have any exits other than the window and the door leading onto the balcony. So I'm like, I thought this would be a way in, cause this is very close to my goal. I thought this would just be like a way into the building, but like, nope, this is like clearly just some plot point in some other quest somewhere. Like this is like some, somebody, there's a 
particular feeling that I think that you get when you find a place in a video game where you're like, someone is going to ask me to come here and yeah. do something at some point. But yeah. for now, it's just confusing flavor about a thing that I don't know what it is yet. And so it's like this office that I found myself in was one of those. So then I was like, okay, well, there's a sewer entrance inside this compound that I can't get into that's pretty close to the doctor's office. I'll go to the other closest sewer entrance. And then I went into that sewer and the map didn't really make any sense to me. And so I went in a direction and then it was like, oh, you're dying from this gas. I'm like, uh, fuck. So I just like sprinted until I was in a place that didn't have gas anymore. And then I have no idea, like, where I am relative to the world upstairs or whatever. I started, I went to talk to this guy and it started a quest. And I, I kind of wish that I had any idea what kind of video game this was to know, like, to what extent am I being, like, railroaded? Like, to, like, people talk about the the hub area as if it's a really good hub area yeah so, which is what i was but you expecting might not start in the hub right, right. no i think you do, do i mean you? I, yeah i was definitely in like prague and in a big area okay. with a lot of stuff going on well but, then it's easy to get sidetracked right like that's... yeah but it like if there is a plot relevant quest that fixes your like the, is, is the, the problem like, that you can't find it on the map because your ui has fucked no because the map works fine okay. but it's like I, i'm like i'm obviously supposed to do this mm-hmm. because it it fritzes out all of your augs right and so right. that's this like the, the stripping away the powers that it gave you during the tutorial which i don't actually think is a good idea in a game like this like like it's fine well, if you're gonna like have a open structure and like stick to your guns on that you kind of have to have some like player something that hits the player directly incentive to do uh, a mission if you want them to do that mission right away yeah like threaten the player like i'm going to spoil your the favorite movie you're anticipating well and i think that what it did threaten me with was my ui being all fucked up until right. i got this exactly. fixed right and yeah. so i really 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 want to go talk to this fucking doctor but i just don't know how to do that and everywhere i go there's a bunch of other shit to do because of the openness of it and i guess that's fine but i feel like that quest it that quest is probably hard for me because i am an idiot as opposed to that quest being hard right it's probably there is probably a very very obvious thing in the world that a person with normal eyes and spatial (laughs) awareness would see right would to me it was like oh ladder up billboard of course this is <laughs> what they would do if they were trying to ease you into <clears throat> alternative you know, entrances alternate to places. Alternate entrances to, yeah, areas, but like, no, no, apparently not. I don't know, man. Maybe the doctor is actually like a lamp and it's actually in that apartment. <laughs> Maybe he's just wearing a lamp costume. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did say the, the problem with my UI is that it's real dark. So maybe they're saying, go see Dr. Lamp, and they were just being sarcastic <laughs> because they were just like, turn the lights on, dummy. Somebody hit your UI by mom. <laughs> anyway, uh, then I played like 10 minutes of Thumper uh, okay. today so that I would have a video game to talk about. Did it- you not also play Super Hypercube? Oh, yeah. I did play some Super Hypercube okay. yesterday. It's it's still – it's kind of one note. Like, it's fun – but I am always ready to stop playing before the game is over. Uh, Is it not too good at it? No, it's (laughs) just that I'm not, I don't enjoy it enough to, 
like my en- my enjoyment of it tapers off before my skill does, so it's just like eh. does the does it add mechanical layers on top of the like? I don't think so. Okay. What um uh, like the is that just PSVR? Are you playing it with one of those? Yeah. Just describe describe that game real yeah, quick. Yeah, so Super Hypercube, you start out and you're a cube and there's a wall headed toward you in the distance. You're not a cube. You're there like, is a cube you're, you're and falling. you're standing behind a cube yeah. uh, in VR. And there's a wall in the distance with a hole in it and you can press a button to speed the cube through the hole or wait, just wait for the wall to get to you. And then it adds some more cubes to you and you start to become weird shapes that you have to rotate to match the profile of the hole in the wall. Um, but it's also it's in front of you between the the, the cube. The cube is in between you and the wall, so you kind of have to like you can get a better view of the cube if you're right behind it, but then you can't see the hole, so you kind of got to move around and like duck under it or whatever. Um, and that's fine. It's a really it's it's really pretty. It's it looks like res and it sounds like res and it's really makes me want to play a res is, game. Yeah, is really what in I'm VR. interested in. How how is the PSVR hardware? It's it looks really nice. It looks like a consumer product in a way that the others don't. It's very lightweight. Um, it's, it feels really good on your Yeah, head it is by far the most comfortable of yeah. the headsets that I've worn. And also the lowest res, right? So Yeah, does, and I guess that doesn't really matter. Like, does it accommodate Super Hypercube well? makes this really weird choice. It does, but it has a shader on it in the beginning that makes it seem like your glasses are smudged. And that is <laughs> a thing that is... A, a real choice that okay. somebody made. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this is a, a genre now, the the conform to a shape genre. Mm-hmm. Like, there are game shows that do that. <laughs> like, did you guys ever see Muscle March? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. for example. Yep. Yeah. What is yeah. that? You're like a bodybuilder, like a Japanese bodybuilder that's running around a city and you occasionally have a hole shaped like you in a specific pose uh-huh. that you have to run through. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and and the, the and longer you go, more guys start following you. <laughs> this elaborate conga of weirdo bodybuilders right. and some of them and have then a few years ago, and- <laughs> A few years ago, there was a Connect one that was in the uh, the Experimental gameplay workshop. It was, it was, yeah, something like that, or the or the GDC, the indie game show floor that I forget, the IGS Pavilion, um, IGF Pavilion that was like, I think it was called the, the IBS woman. Pavilion. Yeah, good, <laughs> the stinkiest pavilion. Uh, I think it was called like the Perfect Woman or something yeah, I like never that. Played that, I saw it from yeah. a distance. Uh, I I don't know what. I feel like it was an indicate as well. I think. Yeah, I feel like someone should come up with a name for that genre of stuff. Instead of having to describe it every time, the uh, it's it's not the same at all. But uh, this reminds me of the Connect game, where your body position uh, would hide or reveal platforms. It was like a two D platforming game, oh. uh, and so you had to like contort oh, yeah. your body to like make sure that like. A, a key and a door were both visible and then you and then hop like and then still have the controller and like hop between them or something like that it was super clever and i don't know yeah that's neat i don't remember what it's called and i don't know if it has ever if it's come out or if it's still in development or what the story i, is. I mean the connects kind of died on the vine right so i feel like cool connect games were just not ever gonna i guess dance central is that except 30 frames a second <laughs> <laughs> 
Dance Central, the one time that I played it, which was the Star Wars right. one, was pretty fucking fun. Yeah, I, I've, like, I've enjoyed that game in the past. Like, um, Thumper's fine. It's like a, it's like a sort of uh, auditorially oppressive, also kind of like Res, uh, but like way more like Res's version of Hell, <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> rhythm game where there's just a big, you're you're this sort of silver, like heavy, like prog rock album cover looking thing uh moving down a track and there are certain things will come down the track that you have to hit spacebar when you hit them and then there are things on the sides that you have to like press spacebar and the left arrow and things where you hold down the spacebar and it's just like a rhythm game did you play it on your computer instead yes i did playstation i played it on a computer okay did it seem like the levels were authored yes okay yeah it uh, unlike a lot of rhythm games that I don't understand their reason for existing, everything very clearly corresponded to the music. Oh, good. Um, and so the, and it would seem like just a really, really long track. Yeah. Like apparently the levels are very long. You get to keep playing even when you lose sort of, you just get uh, bad ratings on the beginning of it. Like the, cause each level adds new mechanics, I believe starts to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to play more of it. It would be horrifying, but fun. I think in VR, I think it would be really dizzying, but I don't know. Is VR an option for that? I know it's out for PS4. No, maybe it is. I think it is out for PSVR. No. Yeah. That's that. I keep, I I just assumed that it was a VR game at this point, but Mm. But I have seen a bunch of people play it without VR, so I don't know why I thought that. It would be real spooky. <clears throat> it's just these, why. But it's it's uh, themed like a horror game, right? Yeah. It's it's very like the visuals are very like just hellish. They're they're abstract. So, I was gonna say it's, it seems so abstract. Like it's I, abstract, but they're abstract like gnashing maws and like the mm. bo- like you get to the end of the like level one thirteen or whatever one omega, and there's just this like kind of horrifying skull face where the track that you're on is like streaming out of its mouth. Like it's, it's really, you're, you're doing this whole game on like a monster's tongue. Yeah. It's real spooky. And the music is just like oppressive. The music is like, like ominous. Okay. Yeah. This sounds like a game for me. Yeah. I bet you would really like it. It's like just that whole audio block, audio shield thing (laughs) where it just, the nothing corresponds to the music in any way that makes it makes any sense as a rhythm game. It was also, it reminded me of, I had in GTA San Andreas, there was a rhythm game thing. Oh, the, the bouncing cars one. Yeah. Yeah. And you, there was a point at which you couldn't advance the story unless you beat a level of that. And I just could not do it until I turned the sound off. Yeah. That's what I remember too. Just did, just did it visually and it was fine. This one, all of the tutorialization where it was like one, two, three space. I never, ever managed to hit one of those. And when it stops tutorializing it, I started getting them perfect every time. Like, and I don't understand, but it felt very much like the, like the reason that I just couldn't play the South Park RPG, even though I really, really wanted to, is because I do not understand how to block. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part in the tutorial that I regularly get stuck on until I just accidentally because you just have to block three attacks in a row. And I do not understand what the fucking correspondence is between what it's showing you on the screen and when you're supposed to hit the right button. Mm. And I like 
I'm just like, well, I guess I can't play this game that I was really looking forward to and seems like it would be right exactly yeah. up my alley. I got through the tutorial. I remember getting through the tutorial of that game pretty pretty easily, but then I couldn't get past the first actual fight. Hmm. Like, they just stomped me and like, okay, I guess I'm not playing this. Is this the... Uh, Stick of Truth. Oh, what's the new one? The the, the fractured, fractured butthole. butthole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Although I don't, I mean, I'm less excited about it because it's like superhero themed instead of fantasy. Oh, huh. but, but who knows? It's probably good. Anyway, you guys want to talk about this assignment? Armello? Sure. Sure. And board games. <laughs> I feel like this is going to disappoint people because there are a lot of people in the Slack that are very, very into this game. And mm. I, I don't know that any of us would, uh, well, Riff. Nah, I mean, it's, the presentation is fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful game. I, I just was not captured by it. So I I played the prologue. <clears throat> yeah, is that is, like the four? Like the, yeah, sort of the yeah, intro is, is there more to the campaign than that? The single player campaign? No, it just becomes a board game after that. Okay, right? there is like, not there is not a single player campaign like the and the prologue is just like the the board game with some constraints and also with a story. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's sort of it's sort of giving you the like. There are there are characters that are like reacting to what's happening on in the game and like giving you a reason to do these things. Right. That like really resonates with me. And I was expe- like I was I could I could tell they're trying to teach me to play a board game by having these characters talk to me and like I I've played games like I played a freelancer which was uh you know a, kind of a just like elite. Right, like elite, a, but with a slight, and but it had a plot, right? And it had had you go through go missions and had cutscenes that sent you on missions uh, to follow this story, the sci-fi story. And I remember really, really enjoying it, really, really enjoying the world building and the characters. And like in this, like sometimes you would talk to the bartender, and they would like talk to you like a human being. Um, and then as soon as you're done with the story. All the characters ever say is like stitched together like uh, Mad Libs of mission descriptions. Hmm. Huh. Um, <laughs> and like my interest in the game just dropped off a cliff immediately because there's no there there. The illusion is just completely broken. Um, so do you think this, would you rather them not have added story to the to no, the No, I think I wouldn't have. I think it wouldn't have sustained itself if I hadn't. Um, had like some sort of driver to send me through that game. I don't really understand the design of this game well enough to criticize it. But I think what one thing that I can criticize it for is being very complicated and not particularly well explained in the tutorial. Yeah. I mean, and the tutorial like itself seemed like it, it, it pulled me through it pretty well. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was, uh, I was having a hard time absorbing the information. There was just so much yes, of it. But do you feel comp- like, do you feel like you could play a competent game? Oh, geez, no. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That was my problem. I was I, like, you've introduced all of these different things, but I don't really understand. Yeah. Any of like them. I can, I can play any, like each one of those four sections was basically one different aspect of the game. And I could play any one of those, but no way can I play all four of them. 
I mean, I played a couple games. Like I played it. I played through a couple full games of it. One of which I won versus AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of which I won, but I feel like the way that I won that game was basically by winning five coin flips in a row. Oh yeah, that was something that I like. I understand that like board games have a bunch of randomized elements, but it just didn't seem fun to like have a bunch of basically fifty fifty or maybe forty sixty odds on a bunch of things that were really important. Yeah. And like, yes, you can improve your, your odds on that, but a lot of that requires you to do these challenges to improve your odds. Like, it seems like a very sort of like rich get richer kind of situation. If you happen to get lucky the first couple of times, then your stats improve. Which makes it easier to get luckier in the, the the later ones. I mean, your stats improve even if you lose those. So not necessarily. There's that. It depends on the challenge, right? Like all the ones that I saw. Huh. Usually, like the riskier ones were like you get another card if you win, and you lose some hit points if you lose. Uh, but okay. maybe that's just the particular ones that I was seeing. Huh. Um, the the way that I won was one of the ways that they had told me about, but I had to like Google how to actually execute it. Like I got if you get four spirit stones yeah, and then you can and then the break into the castle. I expected the game to just end when I did that. What in fact happened was it gave the rest of the AI one turn to kill me, which makes sense, right? One of them tried to attack me. I just happened to win that coin flip and not get killed. And then the next turn started, and I was like, uh. <laughs> And I, then I just tabbed out and Googled it and it said, oh, you just have to click on the king and then you win. Like, okay. Huh. Like, why did the UI of the game not hmm. make that more clear? Yeah, like not tell me, oh, you have four spirit shards. Like, that seems like a thing that you would show. And like the AI clearly knew it and it was important for it was important for the computer players to know it. But it wasn't important for me to know it if I hadn't. Like, I also had to look up how many of these do I need in order to get this Can, thing because I don't remember. You can't play local from the, multiplayer, right? Like, it has to. It is. If if you're playing multiplayer, it's only networked, right? Because you get to act on other people's turns. Yeah, which is really weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> I it, so the thing that I felt about this was there are all of these conventions that you have just through social interaction and like sitting around a table when you play a board game and you like you try to do something until somebody's like, oh, you can't actually do that. And you're like, oh, right, like sorry, like like there's. There's space for you to try, to try something and like be told you can't do it or like somebody say, hey, you should do this thing or like you can see the whole board all at the same time. Like there's a, just a bunch of like things that uh, that are not really mechanics per se, but they like exist because it's in the physical sp- in a physical world or whatever. And playing a game on the computer, I think of um, like Magic the Gathering as translated to computer games where there's like 30 different phases right because mm. because of all the yeah. possible places where you can play and i think what happens is that this game has those kinds of situations it's not explicit but it's about not them, explicit though. about yeah. it and that is deeply confusing because like magic had the benefit of everyone who was super into it probably played magic with cards first and then yeah and they and they understood that like anytime your opponent does something you can react to it with certain things yeah and i think that that's the same thing here i think you can just play cards during your opponent's turns right Right. but like it's makes it weirdly real time yeah you have to be paying a bunch of attention up to like what other people are doing like when you're watching the computer play through its turns which takes a long time 
you have yeah, to be I was, I was confused by that. I didn't know why they were showing me all it, this detailed information. I think information the only reason about... is because you can you can influence yeah. stuff. Um, but maybe that's just not a good mechanic. Like maybe that doesn't translate well. Like maybe that's not a thing you should do in a computer game because yeah, we, we, we it, kind of talked about how it, it there are games that are just not fun to play as a board game, but they are very fun to play as a computer game, like Ticket to Ride, because you can just play a thousand games of it in a row. Yeah, the computer, like having it on the computer simplifies, like there's no setup, there's no takedown, like it's just, it's just instantaneous and it's just like everything just flows really well, the mechanics are super simple. Like San Juan also worked out really well as a game that you could just play against AI because it's just fast, like you don't have to do any setup, you don't have to do any cleanup, like, and then there are board games that are really tedious to go through the machinations of in the real world. Mm Uh, yeah. you know, like your mansions of madness or whatever, which are very well suited to being computerized. This seems like it takes the kind of the worst of both worlds. It is like a computer game at the expense of the board game being good. And it is a board game at the expense of the computer game being good by it, everything taking so long. And, you know, and I, I'm guessing that if you get over this hump that all of us kind of hit of like, being sort of mystified by some of the mechanics and like feeling like things were moving kind of slow that you could probably really get into it. Like, it seems like there's a lot of depth. Yeah, there. no, absolutely. I and mean, like, it, it's very for, compelling. Like I, yeah. I, I find the visual, although I really wish that you could just zoom out and see the board in a less pretty way. Like mm-hmm. I wish that the way that they told you which village, which hero was in control of a village is by like making the roofs of the houses the hero's yeah, color yeah. as opposed to like tiny, tiny invisible flags, flags. Yeah. like yeah i i almost every time it told me about this this flag or this thing means something i had to really like carefully look to see what it was talking about i came up behind zach when he was playing on his computer and i was like what is going on with your monitor like i, I was super confused and like you had it was it was a nighttime phase and you had zoomed all the way out so it was like it basically just puts like cloud cover yeah. on and it was just this like desaturated everything is kind of blue like i kept getting into that state and thinking all right like i what i want to do is post a screenshot of this and say all right i defy anyone to tell me where my fucking character is on this screen within 5 seconds because it it's just invisible yeah like the the if if your character is in a forest, it just like reduces your alpha because you're cloaked, or whatever, and which doesn't make sense to me. Like, uh, so does that mean that other players like they didn't really explain what that meant, right? Yeah. Does that mean you can't attack a player who's in a forest? No, it means you don't know. You'll yeah, you can't like, but if you've been players if you're paying attention, you know where they are. Well, they can move from forest to forest without you seeing it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Also, there are abilities that let you cloak not in forests. There's like that. There's a ring that you can t- there, you can take some abilities at the beginning of each game that you play, and you unlock more of those by doing achievements and stuff. Which okay. s- seems it's really comprehensible. That stuff is the the kind of metagame advancement stuff, and feels really compelling. Like it felt good to see those bars fill up and think, oh, I'll have more options next time. That was cool. It felt good to win a game. I don't, I, you know. I don't really, it wasn't what my intention when I started playing the game to, to seek out this one form of victory. It feels like it would be real difficult to shift gears. Also, I have no idea, like, how much time there is left in a game. Like, there's a bu- there's so many different things that can happen to end the game. Right. That it's, it feels very weird to me that there's not, like, 
a hard limit. There must be a hard limit, right? Because the king just loses hit points every turn or yeah, cause something. Yeah, like, because once he, once he becomes... Fully corrupted, which that must just be a clock, yeah. right? Yeah. And, then, so. and then when he dies from that, if nobody else has beaten him by then, then whoever has the most prestige wins, is I think how it works. Unless someone is also fully corrupted, in which case they win. Right. The person with the most corruption Do they not have wins. to kill him to, to win that way? Oh, I don't know. I don't... No, killing him, you just win, win, right? Oh, like, yeah, I guess that's... Killing him is one of the ways to win. Yeah. What... If you if you become corrupted and die, you start off still corrupted, right? Like like that is that a is that a toggle that you only can do once, or? I saw spells that let you treat your corruption as zero, whether you were corrupted or not. Okay. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that cures it. I did get a spell in the uh, the bear tutorial that removed a point of taint. Mm. So, so I ended, yeah, so I, I spent a few turns tainted and then cured it. Okay. Wait, is that the same as rot or are there yeah, two that's separate mechanics? No. Okay. Rot. I just couldn't think of it. Okay. It, it, well, so, I mean, I think it's something that, that is safe to say is that like it is relatively alienating for somebody to come into this and try to pick it up. It's clear that it's good. It's yeah. not clear that it's. For me accessible yeah. yeah and it's so like cute and pretty that yeah. you want it to be mm-hmm. accessible jesus christ i'm mean, gonna talk that, about that, that next week an intense oh, yeah. amount of work clearly went into that tutorial yeah mm-hmm. so they were trying it's yeah. there are so many different randomization elements like you know this is a thing that I, I have a problem with like yeah you really don't like when video games have cards or dice in them yeah so i mean like, and I, like in this it's a little forgivable because it is obviously just a board game that has been digitized but like i i just i feel like those are there are other ways of of handling that because it's a computer right like i don't i don't need to roll a bunch of dice I, the somebody made a point on twitter i forget who it was uh that the uh, uh, the card deck metaphor is compelling in ways because it you are like while it is random you are gaining information and sort of winnowing down what is left in the deck which is kind of interesting it's exhausted random yeah yeah, yeah. um Something that bothers me about the way that the dice in this game and every other video game that models a bunch of dice being thrown is that you'd think that the first thing that they would do is roll some fucking dice, see what that looks like and feels like, and then try to replicate it. But it seems like what they do is they make some cubes with some physics on them and then just tweak it down until there's like what I guess they think is some drama. But like... It, yeah, in real life, did not feel good at all. In real yeah. life, there is never a moment where you're not sure which of the, it's teetering. This die is teetering on one of its <laughs> vertices, and you're not sure which one it's going to land on. And I don't understand why every fucking video game version of rolling dice on a surface has to work like that because it just makes it take for fucking ever. Yeah. Bah. <laughs> and like. At a certain point in the second game that I played, it said, you now have, you've now unlocked the option to play, to, to turn on fast AI turns, which I had already turned on because I was like, that, obviously this is what everyone wants for fuck's sake. 
And I don't know what the, if that unlock notification was just like stale from a previous version huh. where it wasn't unlocked to begin with. Does that mean that you didn't have to wait through their turns? Uh, you still do. It just, okay. I think you don't have to go in and watch them roll the dice for perils and fights. You didn't have to do that before either. But I think it happens faster. Oh. I think that it it doesn't actually simulate when you have this toggle turned on. I see. So, and I don't know if that's like, because you could do shit in the middle of their fight. I don't know. I think you probably can. Uh, it's probably pretty satisfying to like play a card that does three damage to somebody who has just killed someone, yeah. but only has three hit points left so that they both die. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like that's cool. <laughs> anyway, our next assignment is uh, Beglitched. Yeah. Hey. Which is a very cute match three style match kind of minesweeper yeah yeah uh sonar commander and what platform is that it's on? probably a game called every sonar platform commander. it's on every pc platform. Mac, pc and mac linux okay I think. uh would it be a good it would be a good ipad game yeah i wish it had cloud saves or does it not <laughs> it does not okay um so it's just I, two people working on it yeah so i've already played all of it that i'm gonna play i think because oh. i don't want to start over on oh, my laptop on and i'm just gonna be on my laptop until we get back so um but we'll have a couple days after that that's true so yeah it's very good and you should buy it but saves. <laughs> you know who this episode of uh video game Sonic was brought to us by who our generous patreon backers like who Ted. Danson? Eunice, Eunice Wabash? <laughs> Me, Jim Crawford. <laughs> Me, Jim Crawford. <laughs> Three in one Pete. I'm in there twice. G, Mim Crawford. <laughs> it's pronounced Gim. John <laughs> Memes Crawford. <laughs> Orang, you, Tang. <laughs> uh, for... For... Fred. That is a hard name to read. I get it. Yeah. Uh, guys, I've had a, I've had a blast recording episode 260 of Video Games Hot Dog with you. And I hope that after we go to IndieCade, which is, uh, our favorite Cade, uh, that we'll, uh, we'll record episode number 261 with yeah. a lot of fresh experiences and fun stories to tell. And until we do, uh, listeners, I mean, I hope you come back too, <laughs> listeners. And if you don't, goodbye. And if you do, hello. <laughs> Wow, good Jim. Good. What, huh? Very good. <laughs> Make a hamburger out of farts. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Good. Good night. <laughs> hey, good night, everybody. Sorry. Very good. <laughs>